The Gutter Skypes. The Gutter Skypes record and present tabletop RPGs, played and enjoyed by participants who live thousands of miles away from each other. In this digital age, all things are possible. Many of them are even fun. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for downloading this installment of the Gutter Skypes, which is a kind of a unique, special, odd, bizarre, strange thing. What is it? No, it's a mistake. It's an Anum 5 mistake. Mainly because of chronology, because of how, when, where, what time, order of thing to have put forth as an audio release. Um, is this enigmatic? Is it cryptic? Is it strange and mysterious? No, it's just stupid on my part, but enjoyable nevertheless because of what it is. What is it? Well, the gutter skypes have gone off into the direction of science fiction and a brand new, uh, I don't know whether to call it a campaign, really. I don't know that it's going to go quite as long as what's traditionally known as a campaign in a tabletop game. I've heard that campaigns can go for as long as... Uh, 10 years, but certainly not this one. It's going to be fun nevertheless. What is it? Starblazer Adventures. Mark Kinney is game mastering Starblazer Adventures for us. And what we have here is the second character slash world creation session for um, preparation for beginning the game. Quite a bit of it actually is just random meandering kind of fun chatter that we have geeky conversation basically and out of that emerges uh the uh some 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 skills and uh the creation of the map that we'll be playing on what's weird about it is this is the second session we had in order to do prep work for starblazer adventures so what's being released here as part one of the uh, the creation process is really the second time we met to do it. In a few weeks, when part two is released, that will actually have that will actually be the first time we met to do character creation, and that would be uh, that would be the um, who we are, what we've done, what are our aspects, and what novels we have appeared in uh, among ourselves as characters. Three characters came out of the process. Let's go in alphabetical order here. Andros, uh, he created Ivan Archangel, an environmental reporter, a crusader of the press uh, out there among the stars. And uh, Blind Geek, he created Tank Rondar, an ex-security chief, fastest draw in the galaxy, who has his own ship, and uh, in his own words would essentially be, um, best comparison would be currently to Paladin, the classic western traveling gun for hire, who does what he can to help those that aren't in a position to help themselves. And uh, my own character is Montab Comet. 
a disgruntled, disenfranchised, discouraged, and probably somewhat bitter ex-secret agent, ex-intelligence operative uh, for uh, the primary governing body that hasn't actually been cemented down as to which government body this is and where it operates out of. I believe I wanted it to be based on from Earth. So those are the three characters that we have. Uh, what also that uh, what actually gets developed in this particular, uh, primarily what gets developed in this particular release that you're about to hear is the map on which uh, all of the drama of the game itself will be played out. Now, if you select an area of space, of, and of course, space is really, really big. So you've got plenty of room to play in. But if you select an area of space, and this is what was done by Mark Kinney, who described it to us through emails as, well, picture a triangle with a point at the top. Say you have a piece of paper and you put a triangle on it. One point at the top, one point at the bottom, and one point off to your right. On each of those points of the triangle would be a star or a binary star system with its own planet or planets. Inside the triangle is uh, an unknown area of space. To your right and down below, outside the triangle is another area, up above, and to the right is another area, and off to the left, to your left, is another area of space. So there are four unknown areas of space that need to be filled in with something so that they are known for the purposes of the game and to fill out the map. Now each of us as players were given pieces of this map to fill in and describe for ourselves. And that's part of what happens in uh, the audio you're about to hear. There we have it. What, uh, what you're going to hear is the second time we got together to create uh, the gaming environment and embellish the characters a bit more with skills. The next thing that's going to be released will be the, uh, uh, for Gutter Skypes, will be part two of the character world creation setup, which is actually the first time we met and could be called part one, but won't be. Things to bring to your attention. Um, International Detective Dragons from Outer Space episode 71 will be released on... Monday, February 23rd, in other words, a week from today, or a week from, if, if today is Sunday, the 15th, then it'll be um, the Monday, the 23rd of, uh, of February. That, that's International Detective Dragons from Outer Space, episode 71, coming soon. Uh, another thing to bring to your attention, there is a Byzantine, a Byzantine campaign. Mark Kinney is running a D&D &D &D game that is a, a tabletop that he actually gets together with other folks in the same room with, uh, unlike these Skype recordings. And he has, uh, as of this recording, has already released the first episode, a recorded episode of gameplay for that. I haven't even heard it yet. Shame on me. But uh, I will recommend going to that, and of course a link is going to be placed both on the IDDFOS Index page and on the Gutter Skypes page, so that you'll be able to get to that. Or check out All Games Considered, I'm sure there's going to be a link there as well.
All right, I'm not going to hold you up any further with just me babbling on here. Uh, let's get right into the gutter skypes. Geek talk meandering chatter out of which comes some more stuff for Starblazer Adventures. Thanks so much for uh, indulging, uh, indulging me in all this and um, talk to you after. Thanks. Here we go. Testing, checking, testing, checking. Can you hear me now? I can indeed. I can too. Cool. Excellent. We were discussing veterinary matters. Hmm. Veterinary matters? Yes. Oh, yes. I have, I have a sick kitty. Ah, okay. Yes. So, so far he's had the blood tests and the whole array of usual cat ailments uh, have been eliminated. Hmm. So he just doesn't have an appetite. Huh. So, you know, I've been kind of feeding him through a syringe since um, Sunday. Damn. Uh, hope you all figure out how that what all's going on there. That's Yeah, that's well, he's weird. on some he's on some medication now and they were saying if he doesn't improve by Friday to bring him back in. Okay. So we shall see. And how are you doing? Oh, pretty good. Just oh interesting times at work and all that and <laughs> and oh the uh, fun bit was uh, this isn't work related, this is other gaming. I had been trying to get that uh that one game, basically one one of the uh, subjects that I I pitched to you guys, the whole Byzantine Empire Arthur thing. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I I have a a group that will be doing the uh, that that's going to be doing that with D and D. We're starting that off at the beginning of February. Oh cool. But during the course of it, during the the course of that, I actually got enough people to get the whole Thursday night thing going again. Oh, good. How, so, uh, uh, what version of D&D are you playing? 3.5. Okay. That'd be interesting. I'm not sure how you do that over Skype. Oh, no, this is live. Oh, it's go- oh even better. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the Thursday night thing's live, and it still means that I have three games now. <laughs> <laughs> There's meaning to the expression feast or famine. Yes. You, know, you are in the feast portion. Uh, I have my Friday night D&D game, 4th edition D&D game I'm running, and uh, my players were going, we're not doing anything Tuesday, can you run for us on this coming Tuesday? So we just ran last night, too. <laughs> I guess that means they're enjoying the game. Cool. Yes. Are you doing something you put put together yourself, or you're doing the... Uh... No, we're, we're all learning, so I'm going through the pre-published modules. Okay. So they're about half halfway through Thunder Spire Labyrinth right now. Oh, you're pretty far along then. Eh, you know, half halfway through the um, uh, one through ten range, so I think they're about fifth level. Yeah, well, I thought I only mm. know of the two. I know of the uh, uh, keep on the shadow keep. Is it keep on the shadow fell? Yeah, shadow fell. And the other one, Thunderspire Labyrinth. I guess there's a bunch more others out there. Yeah, they have all the way up to two modules for the um, uh, Paragon tier. Mm-hmm. I think they were planning on doing three modules for each tier. So it's a, if nothing else, it's a really good exercise in how the game's constructed. Sure. It's, it's funny. Everybody I know um, read through the rules for 4th edition and were very dubious about it, but uh-huh. rather liked it once they actually got a chance to play. That, I don't know. That seems to be, as, so far as listening to podcasts go, um, 
that seems to be an almost universal thing. I've got one um, local friend here who uh, his his group ah sorry about that uh, his 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 group tried it out and they didn't care for it when it came, when it came down to it so they're sticking with the three point five. Sure. Have they thought about so, looking into the uh, Pathfinder? I have mentioned it to them, but I don't know how. I don't. I don't know if they're going to look into that or or not. So, I have a friend that um, is really liking what they're doing, and he's going to run a campaign in that. Yeah, I probably should take a look at it at some point, but you know, who knows? Well, you don't. <laughs> you don't have much to do now. <laughs> no, three games of. A, a a book that I'm I'm writing. No, I got I, I have nothing going. On. Practically nothing. Yeah. Practically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, we we don't have an Eric yet. I've been keeping my eye on the uh, list here on the contact list, and I haven't seen him <clears throat> just yet. He had uh, tweeted me earlier asking if he wanted me to. He 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 hadn't gotten the uh, the like Starblazer information until very recently, and wanted to know if you wanted me to, wanted. If I wanted him to go ahead and and like send it to me for tonight, so he knows that it's going on. There just may be something up. So, ooh, here we go, Eric. Text message. Sorry, I'm late, and it just disappeared. Where the hell did it go? <laughs> well, he'll he's about to join us. Okay, good. Okay, here he is. Well, Hello. I t- we were so hey. making fun of you. <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> Well, it can't be any worse than I do to myself. I'm sorry. I, I couldn't resist that. Yeah, well. <laughs> it's either say that or, you know, you try and get yourself in the middle of some sentence like, uh, you know, like you're pretending to talk about somebody and they just... Right. <laughs> As in, hello? Well, that Eric's a jerk, isn't it? Oh, hey! How you doing? <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's it. You nailed it. <laughs> no, we were doing nothing of the kind. <laughs> We're looking at our Starblazer adventure sheets and wondering, actually, that's a lie. It was just me. I'm looking at stunts, and I see that there's a space on the sheet for nine stunts. But are we actually allowed nine? I thought well, we had what, it, five, isn't it? Well, five, yes. But how this works is, um, your when you, since you have the, the five stunts, your refresh will be put down to to a five because you're essentially buying stunts with your with your refresh. So as, as you go through adventures, you'll get additional refresh that you can spend on things like new stunts. Oh, okay. okay. So nice. you, do you actually so start with five? Yes. Okay, cool. Mystery oh, okay. solved. Yeah, I just realized I didn't actually have stunts written down. I guess I ought to go do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, did you get the... Uh, the big thing that I sent with all of the new stunts in it. I am reading it as you speak, and yeah, I did. Yeah, I mean, I'm yeah. rereading it because there's too see. many goodies there. Yeah. <laughs> which ones? Which which candy do you want? You can only have five. Animir is tough act to follow, man. I swear to God, I I got the email about the system, and I'm thinking I got some general ideas, and then I read your. The whole treatise that you wrote on... <laughs> I'm just thinking, holy crap. I mean, it's cool. Don't misunderstand me. It's just like... I feel like an idiot. <laughs> I told you, I have a very big shovel. 
The Veratus star system. Aspect, never a dull microsecond. Two small inner planets harvested for gases, minerals, and water. Both are lifeless and cannot be inhabited without high-tech support. Veratus 1, also known as Schacht, is an ammonia gas and acid planet. Veratus 2, known as Palabor, has no rotation, is mined for ice on the dark side, and has every known variety of heavy metals on the sunlit side. There are three inhabited planets further out. Veratus 3, also known as Melindco, has an indigenous race called the Vorats. They are closest to the raw materials, a planet of seemingly endless industry, technical supply, weaponry, military might, and cash. The indigenous evolved race, the Vorats, were not the first to explore the inner planets. In their long history, they did not discover space travel before the races from the outer planets. As a result, they were defeated and enslaved by the Zeroti, the fourth planet out, then by the Kahum, the fifth planet out. After several hundred years of being the battleground in the fight for the inner planets, conquered and fortified by the Zeroti, then the Kahum, then back again, the Vorats got fed up and followed some Spartacus type named Oh, fill in the blank, that organized them into a revolt to take back the planet and use the combined technology of their enemies. They now hold the biggest stick. Moretus IV, also known as Kisneyland, its indigenous race is the Zeroti. Once warlike and innovative, they were the earliest explorers of the Veratus system. Now their home has become a resort planet, catering to the rich and poor of their neighbors as well as visitors from across the galaxy. Whether it's recreation, entertainment, vice, or just plain quiet relaxation in the countryside, Kisneyland can supply it if you have the coin. Veratus V, also known as Spindle. Its indigenous race is called the Kahum. Also early space travelers, the Kahum nearly destroyed themselves as a race, trying to fight both the Zeroti and the Vorats for control of the system. In the end, they have practically succeeded. Though there are far fewer of them left, they have become a race of information dealers and record-keeping accountants. They are the financial priesthood of the system, and act as the galactic bank and marketplace of Veratus. A document of trust with the official organo-digital stamp of Cahoon blood on it is trusted as legal tender in all systems, without question. Spindle is also the marketplace and gateway to Veratus. This planet is the front door for visitors, a haven for spies, and a waypoint for many that are just traveling. The Vorats may hold the biggest stick in the system, but the Kahoom control the purse strings. <laughs> but if, and if you look real hard at it, you'll note that anything that required real, like, detailed thought and actually justifying anything isn't in there. <laughs> <laughs> this would be like, a, it, it, it's, it's like producer talk for The House Implodes. <laughs> okay, good. How are we supposed to do that without CGI? But good, cool. Yeah, I need to resend you my sheet because I kind of had to do a little reworking because uh, I, re I realized that as this thing has it set, it takes three Starship piloting stunts to uh, earn a personal ship. And I, <laughs> I went, uh-oh, because... We get five, and I had only had my piloting at good, so mm, yeah. So I went ahead and switched things around. Guns is still his main skill, but he does have. Um, I figure out I have athletics at good now, and starship piloting at great. So mm -hmm. I figure I can just I can justify the stunts with a great skill. I can't really justify them with a good one. <laughs> All right. 
I either need to go get my Satsi book or if, if I could avail... I need a list of guns stunts because I want to see if there's a quick draw type stunt in there. Oh. Mm-hmm. I've got the Satsi folder here. There okay. is a... Uh, yeah, there is a... Uh, a like quick draw a stunt. It's basically no penalty for for drawing as a supplemental action. Okay. I want to make sure that it's it's not any different in here. Pretty much everything else is is pretty much the same as in Spirit of the Century. It's just the, 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 this handles a few things differently, so some of the spe- specifics might be a little bit different on some of these. But uh, for the most part, it's pretty much the same. Yeah, character takes no penalty for drawing a gun as a supplemental action, and if someone is actively blocking such an action, you may treat that block as if it had a value two steps lower. So. Okay. And of course, pro- progressing from there, you've got lightning hands, which uh, basically lets you take aim and fire as the same action, which uh, and will let you use your gun skill to determine an initiative rather than alertness. Oh, nice. Hmm. And then the next step up from that is called Snapshot, where you can spend a fate point to preempt the usual turn order and act next, if you're shooting something. But those all require... Um... It's a progression. You you need Quick Draw to get to Lightning Hands, and Lightning Hands to get to Snapshot. Okay. So that's... I'll just take Quick Draw, because I've only got one stunt left. So Thank you very much, sir. Mm-hmm. And do you want me to email you an updated copy of the sheet? Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, I was just thinking, my character doing um, news, news programs and documentaries, I might want to go ahead and take the reputation, some of the reputation, mm-hmm. sense. Well, this is too cool. There's too many, there's too many candies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. I'm just looking under uh, look looking under academics. It's like no no language you can't read or speak or earthly language you can't read or speak. Or <laughs> walking library photographic memory. Holy crap, this is cool mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Yep. This is great for uh, the the gutter Skype podcast, man. We got all kinds of conversation going on, and yeah, uh, I apologize. I'm, just, I'm right. <laughs> I know sounds of of writing and presentations. <laughs> you uh, may note you may note that this particular type of audio is conspicuous in its absence. Yes, yes. in the final product. So uh, uh, I would uh, I would place that way way down on the priority list so far as <laughs> things to things to worry about right now. Yeah. Um, I, I can see your wife coming in while you're um, uh, editing, going, "How come you're listening to silence?" <laughs> oh, she knows. <laughs> her last uh, her last episode of uh, For the Horde Radio was uh, quite intense in the editing department. Mm. Uh, she had seven different uh, guest volunteers to take the place of Big V, uh, <laughs> her co-host who was on vacation. 
Mm-hmm. And if it was difficult to edit and put together a show having just one co-host, uh, she discovered how many hours of editing it takes to do seven. Wow. It was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it turned out superb. It was just a, a really fun and different type of show with lots of rich content, but wow, the amount of mm-hmm. work. The uh, raw feed of the um, um, 12 Days of Blizzard session was kind of interesting. Oh, the making of? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely hurting cats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Okay, so there's there's no real way to take every stunt on the list, right? <clears throat> well, over time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Over a number of years, it's theoretically possible. <laughs> I'm gonna have to take. Damn, I'm gonna have to. Now I have to take that. I gotta take another one off the list. Still writing my system description. Let's see. Does it open bottles? <laughs> Will it cork? And an it apple? makes. And it makes sure that the. Uh, in three easy steps. And it even makes sure that the the liquid in the bottle will not explode on you. It also can double as a pocket fisherman and an egg shell or an egg extractor. <laughs> nice. Well, you can guarantee the uh, popularity of just about any gizmo by making it capable of opening beer bottles. <laughs> oh yeah. It slices, dices, chops, and peels with no mess or smell. Wow. How much would you pay for a ship like this? Don't, Don't answer, answer yet. yet. <laughs> because it also comes with uh, with a computer with a voice like Billy Mays. Please no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad somebody. I was like, does anyone watch uh, crappy commercials on this? <laughs> oh, voice like Billy Mays. Hi, Billy Mays here. Oh, God. <laughs> Isn't that the guy He's, who does the, the towel commercial? Yeah. I don't know about that one, but he does Mighty Men and the Kaboom. We watch way too much GSN, GSN in this house. He's this guy who does basic... Basically, he's an infomercial... I mean, there are the mini infomercials like, you know, Ron Popeil and that kind of thing, but he, he says everything at 14 or as high a decibel as he can, you know, manage without breaking I, I feel sorry for the sound engineers who do his his uh, commercials cause, and, and ex- no, no. extreme enthusiasm no matter what he's talking about uh, yes yesterday my wife died in a fire and I'm selling the book for 1995 <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah he's a Interesting guy. Very fun to make fun of. I had cornflakes for breakfast, <laughs> and then I came in to do this ad. That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what the hell was I writing before we got off on this tangent? Wait. We were okay. writing your system. system. That's right. <laughs> Please make sure it has a bathroom. Mm. No, no, the system description, not the ship. We haven't done the ship yet. Oh, mm. Okay. I'm doing the system in the right portion of the triangle on the map. Please make sure one of the planets has a bathroom. <laughs> the bathroom I planet. Out. I left that out in all of my descriptions, and I think it's going to cost us. 
That's the fourth planet in the system. It's called Yuckuck. It's the sewage planet. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. They just had a Stargate-like device from all the populated worlds leading to it. That's right. Right. It teleports all the crap in the universe into the script department <laughs> of Lost in Space. And our main nemesis is uh, holds a grudge against the governing force because they had kidnapped this huge government dude whose name escapes me at the moment because I'm just setting this up for a punchline, so there's no point in really getting too detailed with it. But... <laughs> <laughs> But he was kidnapped, and uh, when they tried to convince, tried to get him to to give them the the trade route, he had him set the coordinates of their Stargate style device to this sewage planet. So when they thought they were going to be teleporting all this great technology into their system, they ended up getting uh, well, a load of crap. <laughs> so yeah. A friend of mine once wrote a short story where, in the far future, they've eliminated their sewage problem by having a time portal in all toilets that teleported any waste to the Middle Ages. (laughs) (laughs) It won't be noticed there. It explains a lot. (laughs) It explains a lot. Or they have time portals in the toilet that teleport the waste a constant 30 seconds into the future. (laughs) Oh, now you're just messing with my head. So... (laughs) So if the, that's, you know, where the expression, the shit hits the fan, because if that thing ever broke down. <laughs> <laughs> in about 30, in about 30 seconds, the shit's going to, we're going to get a shit storm in the legs of which the universe has never seen. Doesn't bear thinking about. <laughs> yeah, in this case, it's not a Twinkie the size of Manhattan, it's something it's, else. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> You know, I think that I'm going to make my character a little more intuitive. Instead of investigation, I'm going to take a couple of intuition stunts. No catching refrigerators unless you've got something truly crazy going on in the mite department. (laughs) (laughs) I love their descriptions. They're great. Yeah, I need to just bite the bullet and get this game, because what's been keeping me from doing it is the size of the rules <laughs> and the cost of yeah. the PDF alone is like 35 bucks mm-hmm. for electrons essentially but the more I see the more I am intrigued so and the paper book when I picked it up was something like fit was, was something like 60 so yeah mm. which is really not bad considering Solomon Kane was 50 or so and that's about half the size of mm-hmm. star blazers for these system planets, they don't have to be the stuff that we discussed in our character backgrounds, right? It's just right. It's not, not, right, right, right. This is just this is just building setting information as far as okay. the area that we're going to be messing around in. Okay. That's not to say that if you want to 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 tie it in somehow that you can't. I mean, you absolutely could, but if you want it to be completely unrelated to, then that's fine. Oh, I just uh, if I have uh, a camera bot as one of my aspects. Yes. Uh, do I have to have any? Do I have to have a stunt associated with that? I mean, I can yeah, come it up doesn't with have a, anything uh, special. It's just a little camera that keeps following me yeah, around. It will be basically count as a uh, companion of mm-hmm. of some sort with some kind of camera related skill. I'd have to figure out exactly what that is, but 
Yeah. We might have to figure out if it's just a, uh, t a recording device or if it actually has a live feed to somewhere. That could be important. <laughs> I, figure, I figured it kind of um, um, hovers. Yeah. Let's see, I figure it has two skills at average. One of them would be the, probably be the movement kind of thing. Take that into account, and the other would be the recording. Okay. So. That sounds good. I just had an odd thought of, have you ever seen a, um, gosh, what was that hamburger place with a little clown, uh, jack-in-a-box? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know the little jack-in-a-box heads? What if that looked like a, a clown box looked like that? You think that would be too distracting? I'm sorry, that would freak me the hell out no matter where we were. Now, in my mind, I was going from, gosh, you know, people are probably trying to mess with camera bot all the time, like painting mustaches or faces on him, and then suddenly that popped into my head. <laughs> Man, I wonder how many, how many people do you think, including myself, had nightmares about, you're in a Johnny cab. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, that was just too bizarre. Yeah, you know, that did kind of freak me the hell out at the time. <laughs> Either you unhappy with clowns in general? Uh, I don't know, I guess it has something to do with... Uh, Anything that looks like it could be easily transformed into a ventriloquist dummy. Yeah. Yeah. One that starts vibrating and exploding in, uh, in a, as an incendiary <laughs> bomb is just a little too disturbing. Honest, I didn't know the doll was loaded. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to come up with a reason to justify something, and then I thought, you know what? No one knows the reason why it's happening. It just is. I'll let Mark hell, figure hell out yeah. why it's happening later on if he wants to. I didn't justify a damn thing. Yeah. <laughs> I've just been trying very hard to not make my character too much like Borat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. It might be kind of interesting if he was a lot like Borat. I started working on accents, and then I started going, no, maybe I shouldn't use an accent for this guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Andros, come on. The best part of gaming is steal shamelessly. Uh, <laughs> it depends on which direction you want the game to go. It's where they keep yeah. the nuclear vessels. Wessels. Nuclear vessels. <laughs> I think um, they're in Alameda. <laughs> Alameda. That's what I said, in Alameda. <laughs> where is Alameda? <laughs> oh, i got to watch those again. Mm. All right, I'm gonna I want to replace science with starship gunnery then. All right. Uh, let me see here. And uh, Eric, I still need the actual, um, the what's in that big piece of like space. Oh, to... oh, damn! I forgot about that. Okay, I'm going to send this to you. Let me know if it needs more clarification or detail. Okay. I try not to be too terribly detailed because I know. When I get stuff like this, I like there to be just enough for me to go, ooh, you know, and then I can kind of fill in my own interpretation of what, you know, like when I'm reading rule books, I like when, they, when they're fairly sparse, not so sparse that you have nothing to go on, but they don't tell you every little... You mean so up to personal interpretation? Yeah, thank you. Oh. The ambassador is a Gemini, has blonde hair of a certain length, is lactose intolerant, <laughs> only wears size, such and such. A oh, man, Anna, you just took my thing. Now i got to rewrite it again. 
Now that would be something. Someone who does like a David Frost style um, uh, interview programs, who's uh, psychic. Huh. <laughs> With me now is Norman Singent Paul Volter, who for the last few years has been contradicting people. No, I haven't. Yes, no, I haven't. You did just then. <laughs> I have not. I'll start again. <laughs> no, no, by all means, continue. <laughs> it's not actually quite what Andros is talking about. <laughs> not, not exactly. It would be very it interesting. It makes me though. wonder whether we all know the parrot sketch by heart, too. Oh, <laughs> well, not quite by, by, by heart, but... Whoa. Yeah, I know quite yeah, a bit. Exactly. Of He's an ex parrot. Lots yes, of visuals, he's... but too many audio versions of it. Mm. You know, there are certain things as a as one proud of my geekdom, there are certain things that I have elected not to do just because of the fact that it seems like everybody does it. For example, I don't have the Monty Python and the Holy Grail memorized. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> But I do I do know enough of it to know when people are quoting yeah. it, but I could couldn't tell you chapter and verse. I had to get fairly familiar because I do Tim the Enchanter at Dragon Con. Ah. Ah. Photograph of that on Adam's site on episode sixty. That's right. You should take a look at the get up that uh uh this gentleman <laughs> puts together. It's quite <laughs> impressive. What I have memorized is my father's reaction to it when it came on television. <laughs> Oh, what did he say? My father was a very down-to-earth guy, a sheet metal worker who uh, wasn't much into uh, all this geek stuff, but we were watching it. It was a well, late-night thing. It's certainly not the kind of movie that somebody that grew up in the 40s and 50s would, like, really get into. <laughs> and he just said, this is the silliest shit I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> Which was, On the whole, um, not an inaccurate description. No, no, a very eloquent <laughs> review, actually. <laughs> I don't know, have you ever snuck out of bed late at night when everyone else was asleep to try to catch an episode of Monty Python? Uh, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I just, uh, I think we were, we were uh, pretty much allowed to watch it whenever it came on. It didn't come on that often in my area. Oh, I, I think it used to come on like at midnight in my area. <laughs> Well, Mark, I'm sending you over through the Skype client uh, the revised list of uh, stunts and disregard any other that I sent you. All right. It's close, but I think I filled in the minor gaps. Okay. I think the most important thing that I have to keep on there is weapons if I'm going to make use of this dagger jacket that I invented for myself. Oh, yeah, I forgot. That's pretty slick. It'll be slick if I ever come face-to-face with anybody, if I'm, like, on the bridge of a ship and we're under attack. <laughs> it's not going to be much good. I'll have my daggers out. It's like, yeah, well, they're, you know, half a light year away. How good's your throwing arm? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay, because we've been working on a prototype ship, which has the same dagger effect, and it launches them. At warp speed. <laughs> it's, it's got arm sleeves that extend outside the hull. <laughs> right. Like, like a Waldo. Like you a Waldo. The... And you, yeah, you just fling it. And if they stay in the same spot, you'll get them. That could work. However, if they move, the thing is traveling at such a high velocity that it, it could get back to you before it left. Based on yes. <laughs> weird Einsteinian relativistic crap. 
one of two wow. things will happen. It'll either fall harmlessly into the nearest nearby uh, nearest sun, or it'll land in somebody's butt last week. That's right. That could be rather embarrassing. Now there's an idea. A temporal library. You check out a book and you bring it back before you actually left with it. Well, just so oh, you don't get the overdue you. notices when you come to check out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but aren't you risking temporal paradox by, like, not bringing it back? Hmm. Hmm. Or having an orangutan drop down onto you and try to twist your head off? <laughs> it doesn't sure know late books. Now, see, <laughs> now I can't use that in the next Sotsi adventure. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> Sotsi Discworld. Hmm. L space. I love it. <laughs> yep, that's right. <laughs> I clearly need to need to like, read more Discworld. Mm. L space is first explored in Guards Guards, where multiple universes and dimensions are fit within an area roughly the thickness of paint. <laughs> ah. You wind up having books with so much magic they form their own singularity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just love some of his titles: Dictionary of Eye-Watering Words, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> books that have to be kept in ice water, <laughs> under mm-hmm. cha- you know, chained and under ice water. <laughs> bolted between steel plates otherwise if they're let loose they'll read you <laughs> shades of that book of monsters in the harry potter book the big mm-hmm. book of monsters yeah on oh, the monster book of monsters yeah monster book of monsters there you go yeah i need to i haven't read it in a while uh andros how's your stuff coming um i think i'm pretty much ready to go okay i just had to do the stunts and um yeah right and, like and you mentioned those right okay um did you do the? Uh, did you think of some stuff for the like, system and the uh, two space things that I mentioned? Oh. Or actually, actually, no. I, I think I missed that part. <laughs> um, I was in one of the emails. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 it should it should it should have been in, in the one with all of the stunt info in it. Oh, I think I went straight to the stunt info. Ah. <laughs> Now, you see what happens when you don't read the entire test before you start answering the question? <laughs> I know. Oh, well, there it answer, is now. Answer only questions one and two. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Question number three. <laughs> okay. Uh, you want me to go ahead and go with it now? Sure. Okay. Um, what we basically have is a, a double star system. Um, kind of a high radiation zone, but mm-hmm. there's a rather extensive uh, asteroid field that's kind of lit off a um, something of a, um, a mining rush. So you might have a couple of different corporations who are trying to uh, actually stake out territories because up there is so valuable. Okay. What's the name of, this, of the uh, system? It probably just has a designation since no one actually lives there. Maybe something pulpy, I guess. The suns can just be um, like beta, epsilon, A, and B. And um, mm-hmm. you know what would probably make that the, the um, gold rush atmosphere even more intense is if they found uh, an alien artifact out there and people are trying to find more. Cool. So... I guess the the miners probably just call it the rubble. Rubble. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. 
cool. I was trying to think of something more impressive, <laughs> but miners wouldn't think that way. Yeah. All I was coming up with was Fred. Fred. <laughs> the planet Fred. The planet Fred. Well, you never know. All these rocks. It could be the Fred. What, what, are, just, the, what are the other regions like so far? Uh, let's see. Um, Adam sent out the the one that uh, he did to to uh, everybody with the uh, the mystic net. It's sort of a, a area with these energy beings that, that end up drawing wrecked ships to them, and so there's this area where, where they've got these wrecked ships held, and uh, apparently these uh, energy beings are otherwise fairly respected, and uh, and people go there to find out stuff about the, the uh, ships and to consult with, it the, with these beings. Uh, have I got that pretty much right, Adam? The Mystic Net. Aspect? The fault lies not in ourselves, but in our stars. Once thought to be a cursed and dead collection of wreckage in the galactic void, the Mystic Net is a massive swarm of wrecked spacecraft. It occupies an area of space as large as a star. It continues to grow as derelict or destroyed vessels move toward it, even from light years away. Some undiscovered technology has been in use for thousands of years, guiding shattered space hulks of every known race toward this grim cluster. Spacefarers have long adopted the knowledge to their lore, and when in trouble will shout, We'd better get this drive fixed, lads, or we're bound for the Mystic Net for sure. Those who engage in salvage operations will sometimes bypass a destroyed ship, if no reason or history explains its condition, particularly if it is on a heading for the net. Parts or metals from such a wreck are considered cursed. What is known is that the Mystics survive by repairing any portion of a ship still capable of holding life support, and turn every former wreck into a place to live and a node of teleportation within the massive cluster, but no further. The mystics are psychics, fortune tellers, oracles, prophets, and philosophers. They give no appearance of ambition or power, but have the hearts and minds of many powerful leaders enthralled. Many galactic leaders will make no decisions until the mystics are secretly consulted. Aside from the gifts they receive from emperors, presidents, kings, dignitaries from across the galaxy, they also generate income by catering to thousands of historians who pour over the space wrecks from the ancient past. Yeah, that for the uh, that for the unique aspect of the uh, upper upper uh, sector yeah. above the triangle, and the system is the Varadis system with mm. five planets. Yeah. And okay, I see. In three different yeah. races. Cool. Yeah. Three different races, which are all somewhat not getting along necessarily. So yeah, they've mm -hmm. come to a kind of a uh, uh, end of a long history and come to a kind of an equilibrium. They've kind of accepted their particular roles within the system after uh, centuries of space battle. Right, and uh, the I one that I'll resend that to you. I'm sorry. I only found it. Oh, you got it. Okay, cool. Yeah. And then uh, Eric sent the uh, the region of space in the bottom right corner is uh, basically an an area that plays havoc with like starship instruments, uh, rips in in like space time and all this kind of stuff like like that. Keen. Mm -hmm. So would the central area be more or less human space? And it could be however you want to handle it. You know, it's. Um, well, I need some consumers for my news programs. 
Okay. <laughs> That's right. Who watches TV? Right. I just thought that you were broadcasting over Galaxy. Oh, maybe so. Okay, I see. This is like a... Because one, one of the possible... I guess the um, interesting feature uh, for my area could very well be the fact that they found a weapon out there and people could be realizing that um, this was once an entire solar system that very likely was destroyed as a result of an ancient war, and people kind of want to find the weapons. Hmm. Would that would be under your uh, would that be under your description of what's available in these asteroids you talked about, no, or is that a separate thing? Simply minerals. Any anything like technology or artifacts would be extraordinarily rare, and right. I imagine would be. A cause of conflict out there. I feel like I'm missing something on the ship design. I've got four average skills okay. for it, and I was thinking aspects, but I mean, you can't really give it an aspect like fastest ship in the fleet because I mean, this, why not? I'm not because it's got an average FTL drive. <laughs> That's why I'm thinking I must be missing something. I mean, normally if you make a character with you know, fastest draw in the galaxy, you make sure he's got a high gun skill to make that more of a reality. But in this case, we got four skill points. Um, could I have some sample ship aspects? Maybe that'll give me more of a... Yeah, they even have a whole chapter on ship aspects. Let me see here. Okay, let's see. Starship aspects. Act like a limpet, ancient vessel, bat out of hell, battered and ancient... BFG, cantankerous old get, close up and personal, cowardly tin can, the hottest damn thing flying, it's life but not as we know it. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> I've got a Traz in my hand and I'm not afraid to use it. Once owned by Holocaust Hogan. <laughs> Which can be interesting if you run into any of Holocaust Hogan's old enemies, I guess. That's a hmm. research prototype. Seen plenty of action. She's breaking up. She's breaking up. Oh, it's okay. She's completely... Wait, wait. Is that two separate (laughs) aspects, or is that one? That's that's one aspect. (laughs) She's breaking up. She's breaking up. Oh, it's okay. I love it. That's funny. (laughs) And the next one, the next one listed is, she's completely unarmed. Oh, bugger. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, Ship on my shoulder. Speed Demon, Spiky Hedgehog, Steers Like a Cow, Sundiver, Super Snooper. There's something in the hold. Those engines are one step from the, the scrapyard. Turn on a credit, Veil of Sorrow. You want some, too. And then they just have a, <laughs> a, 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 a page with just sample aspect names and no real d- descriptions otherwise. Such things as more captains than you can count. My girlfriend married a, a bad guy because of this damned ship. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want our sister ship, not us? Overgunned, uh, paranoid android, pirate magnet, powered by mysterious alien artifact. <laughs> you never know. Spaceworthy, well, mostly spaceworthy. <laughs> You get the idea, though. Yeah, I yeah. I Please. just was enjoying hearing the different ones. That's why I didn't stop you. <laughs> I have to get this game. This is cool. 
Okay. Let's see. Well, I guess the, 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 the main thing to keep in mind is that the um, is that you can also use the uh, fate points to just re-roll rather than just get the like plus twos, and that can help maximize yeah. some of those things. And and plus, you can throw in your own aspects as far as ones that would uh, apply to, to like flying and that. So oh, be that's as true. Much, as much your you're doing as the uh, the like ships. Yeah. So, okay. So Forgot you have that. lots of options there. It's funny when you were listing aspects. What popped into my head was, you came in that thing. You're braver than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> that would be one. Yeah. I was thinking, please insert twenty-five cents for an additional two light years. <laughs> <laughs> I get three of these. Three aspects. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The first one is she may not look like much, but don't piss her off. Hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Or maybe I should change it to "Don't make her angry." You wouldn't like her when she's angry. <laughs> I think I'm going to change it to that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Here's what I got so far for the aspects. Okay. Uh, don't make her angry. You wouldn't like her when she's angry. Uh, the second one, I had to do it after making a big deal about it the other week. You heard me, baby. Hold together. And then the okay. third one. The third one is. Getting there is half the fun. <laughs> Getting there is half the fun. Okay. <laughs> and if we're really, really lucky, next time we'll actually get to start playing. <laughs> yeah. Just, I was thinking just, about that. Yeah, yeah but you look cool. at it this way. You got more details... True. You got plenty of stuff to you. You have a rich tapestry upon which to paint. Yeah. Yeah. I was working on my aspect for the space station. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. You know. So I started thinking. Okay. What sort of place would it be like? And you know, first thing that came to mind was shiny and new or spiffy uniforms. <laughs> but I think what's probably a more game effective uh, aspect for that might be by the book. By the book, oh yes, ah. yeah, yeah, that'll work. Yeah, and uh, for the asteroid field, I was trying to think of something that fits in a gold rush kind of atmosphere. You know, because mm-hmm. you put something like there's gold, and then there are hills. Could just be like you know, there's stuff out there for the taking, if someone doesn't get there first. <laughs> yeah. Or it could be more of a something like a lawless. But didn't someone else already have something like that for one of their areas? Mm, not that I know of. I thought about it, but I never, I, I didn't go that route. Oh, okay. Well, I think it would be kind of interesting to have a by-the-book area next door to a lawless area. That would be very cool, actually. <laughs> yeah. And it would kind of fit in with my character, given his past, about being the security chief and everything. Cool. So I have one more region that needs a feature? Yeah, the uh, center region. The center region. Um, not necessarily yeah. between them, but more of a, a triangle, right? It's kind of in the middle of the uh, map. It is kind of in be- between all three of these star systems here, as, as well as in the middle of all of these other regions that we've defined so far. And as far as stress tracks for the ship, you said there are three? Three of, of 
three structural, three system. Okay. Okay, I got something to balance out the other two for my region. All right. This is another space station. Okay. And this one is Elephantine Corporate Headquarters. Now, does that just mean large, or is that the corporation's name? Um, but that's the corporation's <laughs> name. Okay, cool. So they get to interact with both the um, the Law and Order space station and the um, everything. Anything goes. There's money to be made. Area. Cool. Okay, Sparrowhawk is winging your way. Okay, thanks. Outstanding. I love the Mac mail send sound, man. <laughs> <laughs> I keep having corporate slogans go through my head that aren't necessarily good for aspects. Yeah. I guess we need to figure out whether they're an evil corporation or more or less an average corporation. Or maybe the fun is we don't know. Or maybe the fun is, you know, kind of, we're by the book as far as you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got something I can send to you all if you want. Sure. Damn, that's the wrong button. <laughs> now there's an aspect. There's an aspect. Damn, that's the wrong button. <laughs> <laughs> Coffee. Here we this, go. This space station is known for having the, uh, the like, uh, worst operating crew ever. And <laughs> <laughs> Change Cornucopia Collective to Elephantine Corporation. Is this coming by Skype? I... Oh, here we are. Eight massive hydroponic century ships. They're very, very ancient, and their origin is unknown. They're guarded by interstellar plasma dragons, who think that they're eggs. But these uh, gigantic hydroponic century ships are functioning, functioning food growth vessels. They are self-contained except for energy, and they've been continually fed energy by these plasma dragons. Now, the organization known as the Elephantine Corporate Headquarters has learned the secrets of these food pods. They know how to get in and out of the ships, and they know how to extract from them massive quantities of extremely nutritious foods that sell quite well throughout the galaxy. They've also learned how to get around the plasma dragons, and even train them to defend the area. Some believe that the plasma dragons, and possibly the ships themselves, are involved with another area described by Blind Geek as a chaos zone, but that remains to be seen, or perhaps never found out. <laughs> you don't have it, you can't eat it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. If we don't have it, you yeah. So you were thinking of the, the Elephantine Corporation? And somebody that, uh, a massive organization that sells something. Hmm. In, in, in all the other systems, we've got people that, are, that uh, have minerals to sell, they've got uh, weapons to sell, they've got vacation space to sell, accounting services to sell. Nobody seems to be growing any food. Yeah, yeah. So I, uh, I they mean, do very obviously, well out there. Yeah. And you could fill in the blanks. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's almost, it's a close mirror to the, uh, to the Mystic Net in that it's ancient ships, but uh, the product essentially that they're defending and and selling isn't uh, tarot readings. It's Extremely highly nu nutritious food that lasts very long and sells very well. Or then not. How about an aspect, um, we've got our fingers in everything. 
Hey, if everybody's eating their stuff, I guess they do. And, you know, dabbling in exploitation in the asteroid belt. Yeah, anybody that's got money in, in the uh, vague general area can dabble in it in pretty much anything. I, you know what I like about that is it strikes me as a sort of company that um, is diversifying so quickly, the corporate head might not even know everything they do. Oh, yeah. Secrets are very easy to keep within large organizations. Mm-hmm. Aspect, are we involved in that? Oh, I like it. <laughs> oh, I like it. That, that works, too. I like that. In that? I, okay, I just changed it on my page. Be involved in that? <laughs> Excellent. Uh, <laughs> That's also a really good source for um, adventure hooks. Actually, all these areas are. Well, and the cool thing about it is that depending on how that aspect is used, it could mean that the person really doesn't know, or it could mean that they're trying to conceal the fact that they are, you know. Are we involved in that? No. Not us. (laughs) (laughs) Or they're just a neutral, uh, neutral party that's trying to find out and could go either way. Mm hmm. Or just as long as the various subsidiaries keep um, keep up with their their share of the income, they don't care. Well, there's plenty of variety going on in and around this triangle. Have we? Have we yeah. just uh, <laughs> yeah. we got we got a beta epsilon a and b binary system with asteroids where a, a, an ancient artifact was found. Mm-hmm. A lawless place where fortunes are carved. Yep. You got your space station. That's. Basically, a straight-laced law and order, shiny uniforms, by the book place. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got the Elephantine corporate headquarters in the center of the triangle. You got the Mystic Neck way up high. You've got mm-hmm. the Veratus system. You've got uh, damn. I'm sorry, Eric. That's all right. The name. I forgot the name of your star system. Um, Coath. The Coath system. Which has star system. two inhabitable planets. One is called Maribon, and it is kind of a uh, they're kind of stuck in the medieval type time techno- technology level, but it's by choice. Ooh. The only contact they have with outside uh, planets and things is they have four fairs per year that have be you know that that a lot of people will just will go with there specifically because the fairs have such a high rep and everything. Cool. And then they have a uh, race of, or a society of people whose name escapes me. Because <laughs> I don't have a copy of the stupid thing. I sent Mark oh, the copy and went, uh-oh. Tentrell, yes. Tentrell. There's a lot of rumor about who they are, but not many people know much about what they actually what they actually are, other than the fact that they have a bond, and it is believed to be a telepathic bond with animals in general and certain animals of their choosing in particular. But there's not much else known. And then the other planet is uh, Artantra, and it's a uh, planet which is inhabited by machines. Hmm. There are several factions on the planet that have been warring for so long that at any given amount of time, any what they'll just keep warring until one of them wins. The is you know ruling the 
for a while, and then eventually they're overthrown by another of the four, and then another one. So basically, each one of the factions has ruled multiple times to the point where people who are it, where it's difficult to keep straight who is ruling at any given time. <laughs> it could be simultaneous, even sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. And the two planets, because of the fact that the Maribonians are so, they so much emphasize nature and spiritual spirituality, and the other planet is totally me- mechanized. They each view the other as dog excrement on the collective shoe. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Except I don't think I said dog in the thing, because I realized after I said that just now that they don't have dogs, so it wouldn't be. But anyway. It's the fault that you counts. Guess. Exactly. Okay. And then there's that uh, bizarre Bermuda Triangle-type chaos zone thing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's why I should have named it. I was trying to think of a name. I couldn't think of one. The Chaos Zone. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, reality. Reality warping space time. Pocket swirls. Mm. The only thing oh. we're missing is an evil emperor bent on conquest. <laughs> A reality warping space time pocket swirls of bloody, <laughs> bloody twistiness. Yeah. <laughs> he happens to be the president of the corporation in the center of the. Uh, <laughs> you never know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It's quite a tapestry we've carved out. <laughs> we'll have to see how much of it's really usable in game. Yeah. What's the, what's the uh I'm sorry, I'm just writing this stuff down because I like just wanted to write it down somewhere, the aspect for chaos uh chaos zone. Reality's chaotically converging. Ah, uh, okay. You well, visited that could the be. Chaos. <laughs> you visited the chaos zone, and all I got was this lousy t-shirt. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Or you've already visited the chaos zone, you just don't know it yet. When you visit the chaos zone, you find Rod Serling riding a Tyrannosaurus Rex. <laughs> <laughs> I was just yeah. I was just thinking about <laughs> music. Yeah. <laughs> Carrying a laser pistol. With Manhattan transfer following him along singing. That's that's a great song, Isn't by it? the way. I haven't heard One that song favorites. in years, but now I gotta find a copy because I'm sure iTunes has it. I need to get that. That's a that song is cool. Mm-hmm. Come to think of it, Manhattan transfer in general is pretty sweet. Yeah, I have the box set. Oh, wow. That's very cool. Yeah. Yeah, actually, partially I originally got it because in high school jazz band, we actually played Birdland. Oh, wow. All good memories. Yeah. And this time I have about 15 windows open. (laughs) (laughs) Ow. Yeah. Speaking of realities, chaotically converging. Yeah. (laughs) How many Twitter conversations are you doing at the same time? Ow. Nothing on uh, on like Twitter, but uh, but I I did have Mark Reed ping me here, so I've I've got this kind of side side conversation going on. So if it seems like I'm kind of distracted, that's what's going on there. But uh, you're collating. <laughs> yeah, I'm multitasking. Mm. 
And and I'm hearing the theme song from Johnny Quest. <laughs> a thought chain set into set into motion by Andros talking about uh, band uh, band practice. Oh and, yeah. Uh, thing. A friend of mine actually won a competition with marching band using the theme from Johnny Quest. Okay, that is oh, cool. That yeah. is very cool. <laughs> yeah. It probably had nothing to do with how well they played it, but simply because of the images that probably popped up into the minds of the judges as they were hearing it, going, Oh, yeah! Oh, yeah! <laughs> Talk about pulp. I know. Yeah. I always think of that eyeball spider sentry thing. It's just mm. stuck in my head. Yeah, Broken Sea Audio, they had a... Uh, I don't know if they're still make, producing it, but they had a uh, Johnny Quest uh, audio show for a while. They were podcasting about once a month or so. It's pretty cool. Like little radio dramas. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. And they actually, the guy that played, uh, the kid that played Johnny Quest actually did a pretty decent job. Cool. Did Wasn't they update re- the attitude towards Haji? <laughs> <laughs> Instead of the, uh, the stuck-up, superior, ultra-white American... Uh, <laughs> I don't know if they really addressed it one way or the other, which I guess is one way of saying yes. Oh, uh, yeah. Because... <laughs> it was pretty, uh, pretty blatant. It <laughs> was like a leftover from old-time radio, for crying out loud. <laughs> yes, Master Johnny. Yeah, Master Johnny, you betcha. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And don't you forget it. And don't you forget it. Oh, man. <laughs> it's been so long since I've seen any of those shows that it's just... I'm just gonna fight. Wander off onto like YouTube here. I can probably find a bunch. Probably, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, that's true. Which, by the way, you made a comment on one of your Twitters that I that made me crack up. And I just have to know what spawned it. I mean, I, I you mentioned what kind of, in general spawned it, but I'm just you said my roommate is watching GI Joe cartoons and the science in them is absolutely appalling. Oh, or, like, oh I remember that one. <laughs> Now, now yes, the reason yes. it makes me laugh is because who, in, other than, and I mean no offense here, who the hell watches G.I. Joe and notices the science? <laughs> <laughs> what, what were you, what, do you remember what the science was that was, or what they were talking about that, that, that spawned <laughs> your reaction? Because it just made me laugh. Well, at least... Um, the episodes that we were watching, one of the things was the making a dormant volcano erupt by shooting holes in the side of it so that they could <laughs> retrieve this piece of some cobra control machine or something. I don't remember exactly what it, what it did. Right. But, um, but they, they might have done that Johnny Quest, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but basically, they, they, were, they were trying to get this this thing to, to launch this piece into the air so that they could, and get this, catch it with a net suspended between two jet fighters. Right. <laughs> wow. Okay. And there were both sides doing this. <laughs> oh, my God. The writers just watched their kids mm-hmm. playing with the toys and said, okay, yeah. No, I don't care. We're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's funny. And, of course, the, the, the worst, most uh, egregious one of all was the one that I mentioned in the uh, AGC uh, feedback. The like, character that, in the episode where Cobra launches this space needle-type building into space 
with several Joes on on board. One of them makes a spacesuit out of garbage bags and a, a fishbowl. <laughs> what the what the hell? <laughs> wow. And notes that quote I can hold my breath underwater for five minutes. I should be able to withstand space easily. Oh yeah. god. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So I think that answers your question about science yeah. and GI Joe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, why Gen- and why General Motors is failing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's just more and 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 more of it after that. I mean, I mean, they've never heard of like flight suits. They just you know in their whatever costume they have, they get into jets and helicopters and that that way. Right. Oh, and, wow. And the fact that that they could just lift the canopy on these attack helicopters and just jump out and just, you know, hit their, their parachute and that, and not do things like get caught in the rotor blades and stuff. Hmm. And, 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 never, and never mind that they're doing this like a hundred <laughs> feet off the ground. Well, why do I have this image that you were doing like a mystery science theater thing while you were watching these? Oh, man. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Well, some of it I can excuse and say, ah, well, you know, it's for the, it's the cart, you know, they want to just get to the story and not have to deal with, but the one about space, that's just insane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was, wow. And, and that's the one thing that I remember from back, you know, during the 80s when I first saw this, this episode. You know, <laughs> that one stuck with me all this time. <laughs> the TV's got a lot of answer for uh, I had a third-grade teacher who had a really hard time trying to convince a student that the plural for mice or mouse is not Mises. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, it is if you're Jinxie the cat. Yeah, I'm finding that with I'm watching the James Bond movies, and there are times not so much science, but just there are times when things will happen, and it's like, why would there be? Like, especially in the action scenes where he'll grab something and you're just like, why is that there? Other mm-hmm. than the fact that it's convenient to the plot, why would you have a crowbar or something hanging in that particular spot for no apparent reason, just so you can grab it and smack the guy? It's just the nice action point. needed it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's just funny how, as you get, you know, when I was a kid watching them, I never even thought twice about it, it's, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was during the build-up to one of the like Pierce Brosnan ones. I f- I, I forget which one, but uh, it um, it might have actually been Tomorrow Never Dies, or uh, I think I'm thinking of the right one. Anyway, whatever. I decided to watch all of the prior movies in a in, in all le- leading up to that one from uh, from Doctor No through Goldeneye. Oh mm. man, and diamonds are. I think it was Diamonds Are Forever, made it tough. That was my least favorite of the movies, because it, it seemed to me just like this, just a, a gigantic chase. That one got pretty silly at times. With the, like, moon buggy, for example. Yeah, I go, that's okay. See, that this is the one that I just recently watched, and so this is what <laughs> got me thinking about this. So it's funny you bring that one up, because mm-hmm. I was afraid I would just... Maybe I'm just not sophisticated enough to understand the way this is supposed to work. Because I just got them with uh, what's called descriptive audio, where uh, somebody narrates what's going on as you're watching the movie, uh, or in this case, an MP3. But yeah, so so I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, 
Why in the where the hell did the moon buggy thing come from? It's for no apparent reason. He goes into this installation and they happen to have this set of like it's supposed to be a studio set of a moon landing or something, but there's no yeah. reason explained that I can remember as to why. It's just there. <laughs> oh, I was thinking I was thinking of Live and Let Die. That one was really silly. Mm-hmm. Well yeah, but the one that tops them all is Moonraker. Yeah, that's that one's that one from silly out there. Yeah, there is one uh, kind of stupid peripheral one that doesn't really qualify as a Bond movie, and that would be uh, Casino Royale, the original. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Oh one. yeah, that was just a bad yeah. vehicle for a bunch <laughs> of people that needed something to do one yeah. summer. <laughs> I actually, when I was going through all of these movies, I actually threw that one in. Did that and, make the list? Okay. Yeah, and it was... Oh, it, it was wild. I mean, I think I had an email signature quote for a while of the Russian ambassador at the beginning saying, I do not want to be eaten by a symbol of monarchy. <laughs> <laughs> Are you talking the original Casino Royale or the remake? Yeah. The, uh, the like, uh, the, the, like, first one, silly one with, like, Peter Sellers and... Uh, right. <laughs> David and, Niven and, and yeah, I think Woody and, Allen was and, in there. Yes, and Jimmy Bond. And, <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> ah, the memories. It's it's a wild, wild movie, but it's just yeah. Oh my God, and Orson Welles. <laughs> really? <laughs> I didn't guess. remember that. Wow. Yeah, he was the evil gambler with the glasses. Uh, ugh. <laughs> yeah, the cheating evil gambler with the glasses, Orson Welles. He must have been hard up for something to do or something, because I can't I guess. Wow. Well, you you do know what his his last screen credit was, right? Was it Muppets That's... Take Manhattan or something? <laughs> or Muppets go to Muppets go to Hollywood, something like that, wasn't it? It was doing the voice of Unicron in Transformers the movie. Really? Huh. Yes. Now I want to watch that. <laughs> I've been reading the uh, the Transformers prequel novel that that came out before in '07, and yeah. so I'm kind of that's where the droid. I won't lie, that's where the droid world idea came from because I was kind of on a Transformers cool. kick, and I went, oh, I'll yeah. just. Well, this. I can't. Well, con- considering in the first spirit of the Century game, I had this giant tra- transforming World War One tank. I can't really say anything about that. <laughs> I, I love yeah. that. That was great. That was cool. <laughs> and I and I will point out in my defense that in nowhere in my description did I say anything about them transforming. They're just <laughs> machines at war. Hey. Everything's got to come from somewhere. Yeah, well, that's my thinking. You know, I, I, uh, I know it's. It, I, I try to be, you know, somewhat original. But there are times when it's just like, you know, I'm just gonna go with it because it's fun. Mm-hmm. Original or not, so. And you know, it's funny. I, I admit to being guilty of GI Joe-like thinking when thinking about shooting the monstrosity to in a vital spot. Because yeah, a bullet can hurt that. Sure. <laughs> I'll just shoot. It'll hit something vital. <laughs> I think GI Joe like thinking is one of the foundational elements for the, de- the structure of the whole game. 
<laughs> kind of, yeah. Yeah, basically. I mean, if you start analyzing the stuff that we were doing, it gets to be completely... I mean, I'm out there on the wing of a plane! <laughs> yeah. And not... And... Yeah, that was... Yeah, but you were doing it because you're supposed to. <laughs> it's like there's generations of kids growing up thinking that if you send that, a that missile at, at, a, at a flying... Uh, at, at, at an air vehicle that whoever's in it is always going to pop out of it magically with a parachute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, the movie The Great Race is another one. Oh, same era as uh, same era as um, the original Casino Royale. Yeah. 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 Just all these weird contraptions and all. <laughs> Peter Falk and and Jack Lemmon. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've seen that. I need to remedy that. And Tony Curtis. And Tony Curtis, right. But every time he smiled, there was like this bling off his teeth. Yeah, there was always <laughs> a, a little ding. Yeah. Matinee idol thing. And they had this uh, real-life snidely whiplash-like villain. <laughs> yeah, that was Jack Lemmon. <laughs> I you know, love... Push the button, Max. Yeah. <laughs> I love those old Rocky and Bullwinkle cartoons. Did you know they have they had a Rocky and Bullwinkle role playing game? <laughs> yeah, uh, TSR okay. did it back in the oh back towards its ending days, I think. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Oh, I have it somewhere, one. or I had it. I don't know if I still do. I may have sold it, but in one of my unfortunate garage sale events but uh yeah it had it wasn't really a role playing game in the i mean it had um like it came with puppet with with uh, finger puppets and stuff <laughs> oh so, my god <laughs> i don't even i don't even remember if there were any dice involved in it at all it not that you need dice to have a role playing game but i mean it was just it was one of those where um in some ways, I guess it might have been a little ahead of its time because it was almost more of a... Because I think each player got to be the narrator for a certain amount of time and, and uh, or... I may be just completely wrong. I'm trying to remember from way back. But I just thought the fact that they had one was hilarious. Hmm. Sounds like it was ahead of its time. Yeah. I can top a lot of games like that now. Uh, yeah. I can top this. Okay. Back when I was first getting into the gaming and, uh, and that I had uh, someone, I think it was my uh, dad, gave both my sister and I copies of uh, Dallas, the role-playing game. Oh, God. Oh, no. Wow. Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. I, I, I can't comprehend that. <laughs> yeah. That's wow. crossing a line. <laughs> I mean, it's, I mean, it's, I mean, this, this, this big old picture of like, of like Larry Hagman as like Jr. on the cover of it, and I, I, I never actually figured out how it played. So I, I, I kind of wish I, I still had it. I don't, I have no idea what happened to it. It, it, at some point vanished. But yeah, it was. That's got to be a valuable item as a rarity simply because of how notoriously bad it probably is. <laughs> oh, oh, man. 
I can't imagine spent them spending a lot of time on the combat system for for that game. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, to be honest, I couldn't tell you how the system actually worked. It was just Dallas, the role playing game. I'm surprised that didn't make your list for the New Year's Eve. Uh, or no, not New Year's Eve. The um, the Thanksgiving, the turkeys. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, turkeys thing. Yeah, <laughs> if I if I had thought of, about it back then, it it probably would have. But yeah, that was it was just such a weird <laughs> thing. It's well, I've got one I that a... I I would have put in the uh, had such potential, but just fell short in my opinion mm-hmm. category. And that was the He-Man and the Masters of the Universe role-playing game. It mm-hmm. wasn't really a role-playing game at all. Yeah, but I mean, that's the thing that, that really irritated me, was that, and I, didn't, I never saw it until very recently. I've got a friend who's a huge uh, Masters of the Universe fan, and he found it on a BitTorrent, and so he's, I had heard that it existed, and so I got all excited, because, I mean... That cartoon actually has a really, a very detailed, uh, surprisingly detailed for an 80s cartoon, or for any cartoon, for that matter, um, as far as the, the universe that it exists in, and all the different, you know, you have the sands of time, and all these other things on Eternia, and stuff like that, but, so, I'm thinking, this could be really cool. Well, it's not. It's just basically a glorified <laughs> board game. And you get to play the role of He-Man or various, um, you know, they've got, it's basically a glorified board game. I don't even know why they, why they, uh, shamelessly milking the franchise. Pretty much. They even put out an ice, they had He-Man and the Masters of the Universe on ice. Oh, wow. Yeah. I remember, I remember that, actually. Why do I suddenly have an image of a, a game supplement called Burning He-Man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would work. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but the name is just worth all kinds of humor. Yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's a couple of YouTube videos out. Um, actually, uh, I think it, it got pretty viral for a while called Cartoons Are Evil. And it's one of those um it's one of those ultra conservative uh um, silent majority so they call themselves whatever some group some religious group claiming that uh cartoons were teaching children to be satan worshippers and and they they were show they show clips specifically from he man and the masters of the universe to support all their claims about all this uh, satanic devil crap that kids are being brainwashed with today, so they claim. It was just... Check that out, just for the sheer novelty of it. Oh, it was jaw-droppingly... It was one of those, you know, I'm watching a train wreck. (laughs) (laughs) And I can't look away. It is just too fascinatingly horrific. I may have to find that. (laughs) <laughs> cartoons are evil. Look for some guy that's got like pointy lapels and a kind of a fro hair haircut, um, 70s style. Because I think that's when it was like 
their idea of high fashion or whatever. Yeah. Hey, Adam, have you seen the chick tracks? Uh, on, on occasion, I've seen examples of them, yeah. Yeah, oh, that's pretty sad. And they were, yeah, when they were still being passed around, uh, well, hell, they are still being passed around. It's Actually, amazing. if you go to... If you go to, to like chick.com, that's their website, and they've got a bunch of them that you can look at online. Yeah. It's got what the is this? Uh, chick.com, the old chick tracks, is like the uh, Dark Dungeons thing, you know. Then, uh, the, it's, oh, those, okay. Yeah, the little miniature yeah. comic books. Comic about yeah. People play Dungeons and Dragons, then worship the devil and kill themselves. Yeah, uh, basically. It's inevitable. Well, you know, they do make you roll three six-sided dice to make a character. Okay. Six, six, six. I mean, oh. that says it all right there. Yeah. That's the best roll. And Bewitched, <laughs> uh, Bewitched right. is, is just a TV show to disarm the people to make them less afraid of uh, yeah. witches when they really should be very much afraid. That's right. Mm. Uh, and actually, the... Uh, actually, the uh, six, six, six roll actually does come into play if you're playing in nominee. Because you, uh, yeah, because you have that whole angels versus devils thing, and as a matter of fact, the roll is basically two d6, which is just normal, and a sort of a like well die d6 of a like different color, and they refer to to that roll as the d666. <laughs> <laughs> and if you roll three sixes, then something, some kind of bonus thing happens for any infernals that are in the area, and then. Uh-huh. Likewise, the other way, if you roll three ones, it's something good for the angelic side. So, hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I had a tough time trying to explain role-playing to someone one time, and they're going, we've got demons in your book. And he goes, well, yeah, you need really awful bad guys, don't you? <laughs> they <laughs> couldn't quite get around the, the, the thing. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I never really ran into that, but I did, did have the, the one time... Back when I was, uh, um, I think my uh, first two years in 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 like college, maybe the the, the maybe just the like first year, or something like like that. I was active in Campus Crusade for uh, Christ, mm-hmm. and the um, one of the uh, the like the, the the guys that was that was that was doing all of that uh, happened to to run in, into me in the student union one day. Started talking with me in that. While I was making photocopies for a paranoia game, <laughs> and if 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 you think if if you think you'd have an interesting time explaining role playing just anyway, try talking about paranoia. The computer is your friend. What is this? Yeah, I suppose you could have passed it off as role playing Logan's Run, but you know, <laughs> that's. That's that's basically what how I ended up doing that. But it was yeah. it was just yeah it was it was just one of those things. I mean I'm, I mean I I actually did feel D and D that kind of thing. I could reasonably explain off. And as a matter of fact, I ran into some 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 were going there for a uh, religious studies degree, and um, they and and I I did this. It was in my public speaking class. I did this thing on like, on like, on like role playing games, and they happened to mention that they used to like play them all, all the the time. They just didn't really have 
have time anymore. So it was, you know, it's hmm. it's not universally hated. Yeah, yeah, it's it was kind of neat. I mean, I, I, it's just that that whole thing. I never really ran into all that that much, even living here and you know, living in in Louisville, going to school in Bowling Green. You know, that I mean. It was just this is kind of kind of, kind of weird that I never really had to like, deal with that. So yeah, one would have thought. Hmm. Well, I, I I can only imagine that these two guys that did the back in the eighties, if they're still alive, <laughs> did the. Uh, Cartoons are evil thing. All they'd have to do is just sit behind their grandkid while he's playing World of Warcraft. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> they would have a hemorrhage apiece. They would just fall over and <laughs> go into conniptions. That's right. That one, demons can be your friends. Oh, for crying out loud. Uh, between the, the, you know, you're making all these arcane symbols and these, you know, <laughs> the graphics in it alone are just uh, one step shy of whatever. <laughs> yeah. I was just doing some fishing a little while ago with my warlock. His name is Vivamort. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's got his big... What is he? Is he blue or green? Whatever. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Yeah, demon with the big axe. Oh, that's the... Yeah, one of the top-level ones, aren't they? There's the blueberry, there's uh, the succubi, there's the imp. Yeah. Think, uh, the, it's like, come on. Go ahead, uh, go ahead and explain that to Grandpa, that you've got this... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you've got a, I've got a familiar grandpa. She's, uh, she's really uh, built. <laughs> she's got bat wings and hooves, and she smacks her butt, and she smacks goes, her butt and juice. exactly. Ooh. Oh, I'm sorry. You wanted what? You wanted me to tell you what I learned in Sunday school? <laughs> it's 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 a tough sell if you're looking to get past people that. Uh, have a hard time with that kind of thing. I I wish I had gotten gotten out and gotten Star Blazers. I I would have been a hell of a lot more prepared and had more info from Mark. But uh, I think if if you're going to lay the foundation for something that's really fun, really complex, and has has uh, some depth to it, then I guess you 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 just have to take the time to actually do it. And that basically. That basically has covered these past two sessions, yeah. which, which is, I mean, I don't, know, I don't know. It's fine with me. I'm not worried yeah. about it. Uh, I don't know. Mark, have we provided, like, enough information here for you to do something with? Or, oh, or yeah. That, that we need? So. I think I can work with this. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I think, cool. uh, yeah, I think it's... But, Okay then. I guess I guess uh, if there's anything pregame we need to know, you'll you'll let us know before the next session, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. So the next time we get together is going to be uh, we're going to aim for an actual uh, play session. <laughs> yes. Yes, we are. Which is cool. <laughs> what a concept. But uh, hey, like you know. Yeah. Well, that uh, that first roll. Roll Monkeys Satsi game, we spent a session and a half generating characters, so, you know, that's... 
Well, and, and, you know, to our, in our defense, as a, as a group, not just the, those of us other than Mark, I mean, this is a lot more complex than Satsi in terms of just the overall, not only the, the, the scope of the game itself, but also in just the, the amount of stuff that we are giving as input. It's not just a matter of, okay, here's my character. It's a matter of, here's my character, and here's the, my part of the world that we're going to be working yeah. in. So, you know, I think it's understandable that we, we might have been able to trim it down some, but you know what? We, we, I think this is okay. Yes, I like yeah. it. I like the extra player input for it. I think it's yeah. terrific. And you're right, yeah, we're dealing with a hell of a lot more than just a genre and a feel of fiction. We're dealing with, uh, um, when, you, when you get into in- intergalactic science fiction, you're talking about an almost completely open-ended realm of possibilities. So, that's fantastic. All right, what the hell is the date today? I think it's the 21st. <laughs> yep. And we should look to get together again, if we can... Uh, uh, what is it? February. Changing my calendar here. Mm-hmm. February fourth. I think that's two weeks I from think, today. I think yes. it is. Yeah. All right. Yep. February fourth. February fourth, and in the meantime, uh, congratulations again, Mark, on getting uh, two other whole games together Yay, <laughs> and swimming, yeah. swimming in RPG uh, <laughs> coolness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and I may even end up pod- podcasting one or more of those. I don't know yet. We'll see. Oh, excellent! So. You can always do highlights if nothing else. Yeah, yeah, absolutely excellent. All right, all right, fellas. Well, don't forget though, man. We were there for you when nobody else was. So you better give us. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely true. <laughs> I don't want to hear about how I can't play this week, guys. I got a, another game that I scheduled. No, no. They can wait for us, damn it. <laughs> we were here first. That's right. We got dibs. Well, <laughs> yep. In, 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 in actual fact, it uh, it was Mark Kinney that was there first for us. <laughs> That's true. That is very okay, true. Don't get technical with me. Look, I'm yeah, trying I know, to... Yeah, don't get technical. Looks... Really generated the first adventure and organized <laughs> the whole damn thing from scratch. <laughs> but he owes man. Both, both ways, though. <laughs> it works both both ways, because you, know, I mean, you can have all this great stuff planned in that, and if you don't have, have players, none of it matters. Yeah, so. That's a fact. Well, I'm just yanking your chain anyway. You know that, right? I would just, you know. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> that's no, what I do. Because that's fun, too. <laughs> 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 All right, gentlemen. Um, thank you very much again. Cool. And there it is. All right. Well, Posse, let's... Uh... Yeah, I guess we're going to call it at this point. And uh, thank you, okay. everybody, again. And I'll talk to you all on February 4th. Sounds Excellent. like a plan, yep. sir. Good All right, guys. Take Take it easy, everybody. All right. Peace out. Bye. Bye. (laughs) And so, there we have it. The second time we got together, the first thing released 
Why is it the first thing released, Adam? Well, uh, it's the first audio file that I edited. In its original form, it was three hours and, I think, 20 minutes long. So uh, quite a bit actually was removed. And a lot of it was simply um, reading time because uh, any information that could be had was being poured over and uh, thought about. And so any, any dead air was uh, hopefully cut out. The, 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 as I said, the first, the first time we met will be uh, Game Creation Meandering Chatter Part 2. And that will be released in a couple of weeks. Once again, next week, IDD FOS Episode 71 will be coming out on the 23rd. Thank you very much again. Uh, I hope this was uh, at least a little bit entertaining and uh, fun to just listen along with. Email feedback. Email feedback for the gutter skypes is going to be read on the shows, on the, on the episodes. And I encourage you to continue uh, to go ahead and write in anything you have to say about what you've been hearing. Any particular game, any particular character, whatever you have to say. I'm passing that information along to the rest of the players because I haven't got a dedicated gutter Skype email address. It's simply anum5 at anum5.com or, or, or find the links on the gutter Skype's homepage. And we, we, we got a good start at reading some of the emails, uh, email responses in the first gaming session recording and we'll continue to do so. It may be a while before you hear them, but they certainly will be read uh, on the show. So, until then, thanks again, and see you then.